Blessings, greetings, joy, peace, and love. I am Trina Kirkland, and this is my anchor intro to my podcast, Talkable Trina. The purpose of my station is to inspire and empower listeners to be extraordinary individuals living extraordinary lives. I do this and accomplish this by offering a variety of content. So whether you need spiritual healing, motivation, education, life advice, medical advice, inspiration, or if you want to stop by for some other reason, I accommodate it all and I address it all. And if you come by and engage with my station, I guarantee that you'll receive something to help you rise up to the occasion. I'm looking forward to interacting with you soon over on Talk Up with Trina. Blessings, greetings, joy, peace, and love. Welcome back. This is Trina, and I'm back for today. Today is Friday. It is June the 15th, 2018, and we are going into Father's Day weekend, so let us kick it off right. And I just want to start by saying Happy Father's Day to all of you fathers who do take time to spend and invest in your children. And um, I know that their mothers appreciate it, your families appreciate it, the children appreciate it. And I definitely appreciate each and every one of you. So happy and blessed Friday to you all. And I pray that you all will have an awesome weekend and spend some time with those people who love you so much. With that being said, I am going to continue my reading. Two more days, huh? Today is day 30, and we are in the epilogue of The Secrets of the Vine Devotional and Journal by Dr. Bruce Wilkinson. And today's um, reading is entitled Secrets for Churches. So please stay tuned. I'll be right back. Day 30. Secrets for the Churches As many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. Therefore be zealous and repent. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in to him and dine with him, and he with me. Revelation three nineteen and 20 I'll never forget that Sunday morning. I watched a large church congregation wake up to their specific season in the vineyard, and to what God wanted them to do about it. I had been asked to preach in both morning services. The church was temporarily without a pastor. Things went well until the middle of the second service, when God seemed to bring me up short. I felt compelled to stop and switch directions. I sensed that the Spirit of God is quenched In this service, I explained to the startled audience. Something is wrong. Am I correct? A long pause. Then heads began to nod in agreement. Finally, people started speaking up. They told me they had recently gone through a painful split. Members had left angry. Many who had stayed were holding on to deep resentments. As they talked, I discovered that this was the first time the church had spoken openly about their problem. If you want the Spirit of the Lord to flourish here, 
You need to face the sins that are separating you from God's best. I told them. Then I asked, do you want to flourish? When nearly everyone said yes, God's hand was released to move in a remarkable way. Hundreds came forward to pray and weep and then to ask for forgiveness of each other for injuries done. When the services seemed to be complete, I said, friends, I sense that the Spirit of God now dwells among us with great pleasure. What do you feel? People spontaneously started to applaud. The service I just described marked the end of discipline and the beginning of new fruitfulness for God for that church and in that community. If the congregation hadn't faced their sin and repented, they could have endured intensifying discipline for years probably blaming the next pastor for their continuing blight. Up until now, our conversations about Jesus' teachings have focused on individuals. But as this story demonstrates, the principles of the vineyard apply to groups too. Families, churches, Christian businesses, and ministry organizations. Think of such groups as rows of grapevines or even whole vineyards. Today, I want you to take this wider view. Let's look at three New Testament churches. In Christ's message to the Church of Revelation, we clearly see that each body was primarily in one of the three seasons. For example, one, the church at Thyrantia was in discipline and heading for scourging. This group had followed false teachers to lead members into serious sin. Christ sent them a message. I gave her time to repent, and she did not repent. Indeed, I will cast her into a sickbed, and those who commit adultery with her into great tribulation, unless they repent of their deeds. Revelation 2, 21-22 Secondly, the church at Samarina was in pruning. The believers there were about to be tested. Their calling was to endure. I know your works, tribulation, and poverty, but you are rich. Do not fear any of those things which you are about to suffer. Be faithful unto death, and I will give you the crown of life. Revelation 2, 9, and 10. And thirdly, the church at Philadelphia was ready to abide. This church received neither a rebuke nor an exhortation, like the other churches, only an invitation. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and dine with him, and he with me. Revelation 3 and 20. Have you ever considered that your church or Christian organization could be in discipline, pruning, or abiding? Take a moment to apply what you've learned over the last four weeks. You might find it helpful to refer to the appendix. Which season in the vineyard do you think your church might primarily be experiencing right now? Whatever you do, don't become critical and judgmental of your church, using labels instead of love. But understanding how God may be at work in your church will give you and those you fellowship with insights about how to respond to him. You'll know better how to pray and where to apply your energies. 
Together, you'll have a clearer sense of how to respond for maximum spiritual blessing and abundance. Thank you so much for listening to Secrets for Churches.